This is the City Sites Podcast with Larry Kutzler. Jesus of Nazareth, I saw what you did to the leper on the road this morning. My friend has been paralyzed since childhood. He has no hope but you. Please, do for him what you did for the leper. Your faith is beautiful. Son, take heart. Your sins are forgiven. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Right. But I ask you, which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven. Or rise up and walk. It's easy to say anything, no? But to show you. And so that you may know that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, my son, rise. Pick up your bed and go home. This podcast is the design of City Sites Urban Media, and our goal is to bring into focus the difference between culture and God's ideas found in His Word. To learn more, go to citysitesurbanmedia.com. You know, rarely do I get the opportunity to talk with a man whose ministry life has spanned the globe. Dr. David Nichols has been a professor, a traveling missionary, an itinerant evangelist and preacher, and has written several books on the theme of healing. We're so privileged, uh, Doc, to have you on board here at the City Sides Podcast Network. As you know, you spoke at our church, City View Church in South Minneapolis, not too long ago, and you spoke about healing. Now, my question is, a lot of folks don't talk about healing today. I don't know why. What's your thoughts? Well, I think that healing is one of those ministries where if you pray for it and believe for it and nothing happens, you have an even more serious set of problems you have to deal with. And you do anyway. But the church in our Western society and civilization has really become adapted to that kind of cultural worldview really of the modern age. I know we've moved into the postmodern age now in the last few decades, but the modern age was a time when we had planes, trains, and automobiles like nothing anyone ever had. And and a great trust in human ability arose to get things done. And along with that, of course, came many advances in medicine and the ability to heal the human body that way. And there's no way that I'm against that. I'm, I'm totally for that. Anything we can do to have someone get well is great. But I think there's a subtle thing that happens with all these advantages we have in Western civilization And it's one of the things that makes it different from ministering over in third world countries. That was one of your questions as well. Because you go out into a third world village, there is no medical infrastructure. There's no clinic. There's no hospital. You literally will have people in your meeting, some of them, if they don't get healed 
in a week or two or some in a day, they'll be dead. I came to realize that, and I just took that as a responsibility in seeking God. I want the power of God to flow in those meetings to meet the need of the whole person. Obviously, their spiritual need first to be saved and have their sins forgiven. But the whole gospel is that Jesus provides healing for the body as well. You know what I have found, uh, Doc, is that sometimes we're surprised by healing. I don't know if that comes as, as a result of what you've been just saying, but we're just surprised by it. Has that ever happened to you, or are you always in this mode that God could heal and will heal, and I'll just see it happen when it happens? Well, I try to be in that mode. I try to conduct healing ministry by Psalm 103, verse 3. He forgives all our iniquities. He heals all our diseases. Now, I've debated that scripture. I've discussed it with many people in many settings. And what I found is we try to do is we try to drag that down to our level rather than letting it drag us up to its level. And there are some things that we're not going to be able to answer this side of heaven. I'm okay with that. But I want to err on the side of more healing, not less. Of more salvation, not less. Well, I like that idea of rising to his level rather than, you know, bringing him down to our level. And I think sometimes we've done that in the modern church. We don't understand certain things, so we just ignore it. It's like prophecy, right? I talk to a lot of pastors and I say, well, how come you don't talk about prophecy? It's a third of the Bible. And they just say, well, it's just too complicated controversial. I mean, really? It's just crazy. But I know myself, I have to confess, there are times when I look at healing evangelists or or the theme of healing, and it's like the, the scripture says, Lord, help my unbelief, because I have a hard time with the healing aspect. Even though I believe in it, it's hard for my heart and my mind to resonate with it. And so help me out a little bit. What do I need? And I imagine I'm not alone. I think there's a lot of folks sitting in the pew that are going, hmm, I kind of believe it, but I kind of don't. Well, one thing that has helped me a lot, and I I remember back like over 20 years ago when we first started launching into this mainstream, and and it wasn't new to me. I, I was born and raised into a church in Oshkosh, Wisconsin, that was a very powerful, supernatural believing church. My parents really believed all this stuff and trained me and taught me to believe it. But for all that belief and all that even scriptural teaching, I would say we didn't have it happen as much as we would like. Something happened when we started Heart of the Father Ministry back in the year 2000, where I just decided, look, I'm going to just risk, R-I-S-K, that's how we spell faith, okay? R-I-S-K. And sometimes it seems to us like a risk in a meeting, but you step out and God sees that and he calls it faith. And he responds to that. And so our public meetings, what we most often do with healing is, as you saw there Friday night at the City View Church, I just stand up and take four or five minutes and just declare healing by speaking the word. Sometimes God gives me words of knowledge of specific diseases or infirmities. Sometimes I'm mad at the devil that he has done these things to these people. And so you step out and you risk. Your natural mind is always saying, oh, what if nothing happens? What if nobody moves? And I have learned just to silence that voice and say, Jesus said, I am your healer. Isaiah said, by his stripes, we are healed. David said in Psalms, he heals 
all our diseases. You know, I appreciate that. I think it helps. I think the more we're encouraged to believe in healing and we get into that mindset, we will begin to see things happen. I had one congregant say to me while you were here that healing had gotten bad press over the years because so many of the national healing people are charlatans. At least that was his word. They were charlatans. They made a mockery out of the healing gift rather than healing being just a blessing. They made it into a sideshow, again, his words. And so what do you think about that? I mean, when people see some of these, can we say charades sometimes on TV, it's almost like a circus. It kind of cheapens the healing process, does it or does it not? I think there's a couple of different things going on there. I think there are a few, and some of these have had movies made about them, documentaries and so forth, who have actually learned how to fake healing Mm -hmm. and do that with lights and PA systems and, and all this stuff. I think they are vastly in the minority. They do exist. I think what you would disagree about would be their style. And and I would disagree. Anytime people are bringing attention and glory to themselves instead of Jesus, we have a problem. Right. And that's why I am so careful every time we take testimonies. You saw our video there Friday night. That's what we did there in, at our more India when the man was given a new heart. It's what we did when we took any testimonies that had happened in the church there. We always give the glory to Jesus. And I try to deflect the attention away from myself. Now, you have to realize when you step out into the public arena and actual miracles and actual healings happen, you're going to have attention placed on yourself, okay? And you have to process that, I think, in a biblical way with humility and yet be a leader and, and be someone who's going to take people with you into the presence of God. Does that make sense? Well, it does. And if you surround yourself, I mean, we become what we give ourselves to, right? And if we give ourselves to just carnal or social justice issues or whatever the church, modern church is preaching today, which brings me to another question, Dr. Nichols, and that is, have we devalued the supernatural aspect of God? I mean, he is supernatural. He still does miracles and healings and all of that. But it seems like today the modern church wants to help people get better in themselves, you know, the self-improvement ideas. And the supernatural sometimes is just placated to a, a relegated, I should say, to a, maybe a Sunday school class or a small group. But we don't really talk about it from the pulpit on the primetime Sunday morning hour, right or wrong? Right. That has happened in the Western church. Again, there are several reasons for that. One would be a lot of churches have adopted what's called an attractional methodology, where the whole scheme of the whole thing is to attract people to the church by whatever means necessary. And you mentioned some of it. Some of it is a 59 and a half minute service, the light show, smoke. And I'm not against any of those things if they help the cause of Christ. But we've lost something. If we believe our humanistic decisions, our ways are in and of themselves going to save people and get people to Jesus, instead of just preaching the cross and preaching the resurrection, preaching preaching healing as much as it is in the Bible. It's, it's everywhere in the Bible, especially in the ministry of Jesus. So yeah, I, I think that As a church, I'm encouraged right now, kind of at the end of this whole COVID cycle, that I see a lot of this attractional methodology falling off. 
And I think the church is poised to return to a transformational methodology, which is really what we need to do. That's what we're in the business of, of transforming people by the power of the gospel, the forgiveness of their sins, and this two-tier gospel. It's salvation for the soul and healing for the body. That's how Jesus presented it. My name is James Lavender. I pastor a church in Herndon, Virginia called Word of Grace Christian Church. 2008, I really started not feeling well. And by 2009, it came to a culmination and uh, I was in the doctor's office. He said, hey, "James, you have MS." And I was I was in the hospital. I was using a walker. I couldn't. I mean, I couldn't feel anything from a waist down. I remember being at work one day. This was after I'd gotten out of the hospital, and I was, you know, moving from one part of the building to the next. And just a pain hit. Multiple sclerosis kind of attach your central nervous system. Well, it's your it's your immune system attacking your central nervous system. And the pain of my nerve endings, which is everything was on fire. I was almost in tears. And one of the ladies walking down, she goes, are you all right? I'm going, I'm okay, I'm okay. But I was just reciting scriptures until it passed. So no matter what happened, it's just that foundation. And I have to attribute it to the Holy Spirit on the inside of me pushing me in that direction because your common sense, your quote unquote common sense would tell you, okay, read this or read that, read anything other than the Bible. But as far as I was concerned, every time the devil brought a thought to me, I said, I'm going to go to the Bible and read a healing scripture. If a problem comes, the answer is already made available. Hey, Jesus never said problems won't come. He never said trials and tribulations won't come. They are going to come. That's just, that's not a faith confession. That is just a reality. But what is a bigger reality is that provision has already been made. Let me move on to another question here. As a young believer, and I became a Christian in 1970, and back in those days, especially in the Assembly of God churches or churches like that, there was always some kind of a supernatural tongues and interpretation. It almost became a liturgy in most of these churches. Yet today, I don't see any of it. I just don't. And maybe I'm just not in the right place at the right time, but I really don't see any of it. Can you answer why that is something that was so proficiently back in the day is no longer around. Is there a reason for that? I think part of it is what you said earlier, Larry, about the general implicit denial of the supernatural. Because let's face it, the speaking in a language that nobody knows and who hears it is a supernatural event. And then the ability to interpret that so that, and this is, of course, all following Paul's guidelines in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, to interpret that so the congregation can understand it. It's as Paul says, the people will say God is truly among you. If we downplay that, we begin to move away from that supernatural side of God's things. Now, on the other side, I would say there have been a number of cases used in a controlling way in a service, and pastors then, rather than teaching and correcting to that point and having the correct thing happen, pretty much shut it down. I think we had some of that happening, too. Well, that's a good explanation. I haven't heard anyone talk about it like that. I've asked several pastors, and they just kind of shrug their shoulders and probably say, well, it was for that season. Well, maybe, but... So I've been in several churches last several years where that actually has happened, just like it was, as you said, when we were young people mm-hmm. growing up. Yeah, the church I grew up in, it was that, that happened pretty much every Sunday. I am going this weekend to a church in Wisconsin 
which has asked me uh, in a Sunday night session to address their leadership on this very topic of the gifts of the Spirit in the public service. How should prophecy be used? How should tongues be used? And I'm excited about it. Well, I think that's great. It's a reawakening of that supernatural God that we say we serve. You know, I have to say something about the tongues and interpretation. It was 1970 when I became a Christian, and I was a drug addict, and I was uh, doing drugs, actually, on a Christian retreat. Somebody had invited me. So I'm in this service, and I was raised Catholic, so I didn't see any of this kind of thing going on. And all of a sudden, somebody spoke in tongues and interpreted it, and I go, whoa. Now, there's something here I want to investigate, and that was the beginning of my first steps toward Christ, which eventually, a couple weeks later, I accepted the Lord, and I never looked back. So, Dr. Nichols, you've been around the world. You've been in all kinds of situations and churches, etc. What has been some of the worst preaching you've ever heard? It's the preaching that makes grace cheap. And, of course, Dietrich Bonhoeffer is the guy who set this all out in his great book, The Cost of Discipleship. But when the preaching is about making you feel good, it's about making you feel good about your life and choices that are clearly not the will of God, according to Scripture— And no matter what you do, everything's going to be okay. It it really is an abuse of an understanding of the love of God. And we have preached the unconditional love of the Father, the heart of the Father. That's the name of our ministry now for 21 years. And Sherry and I, my wife, I mean, we both had a revelation of this that really launched this ministry. But what we've come to see over time is this Western kind of mushy-gushy view of love is not the view that Jesus put forth. It's not the view that is taught in the Bible. And God does unconditionally love us. There's nothing that can make him not love us. But the cheap grace side of this whole thing where you just come in here and you mumble a few words and now you're a Christian and you just go live your life and do whatever you want to do. I'm sorry. That is not the gospel of the New Testament. So on on the converse, the preaching that I think needs to be done is the, is the preaching that makes grace costly. First recognizes how costly it was for God and, and sending his own son. He gave it the best thing he had, hands down. But the question is, has the grace of God been costly for you? Jesus said in uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 23, if you want to come after me, here's what you need to do. Prepare to have a nice, cushy life where everybody likes you and everything's smooth. No, that's not what he said. He said three things. Deny yourself, take up your cross daily, and follow him. Well, where are you going, Jesus? If you you want me to follow you, Jesus says, well, you see that hill out there outside of town? Kind of looks like in the shape of a skull. That's where I'm going. That is so good, Doc. I really appreciate that. And I'm I'm with you. We we don't preach enough of the cross or the blood. I mean, when I was coming up, and I'm sure you as well, we talked a lot about the blood. And we talked a lot about the cross. And sometimes that's kind of lost in today's preaching and in in today's uh, emphasis in the church. Last question, Doc. I was wondering what advice you would give, aside from what you've already said. I mean, it's all good advice. But if we specifically looked at the young preacher coming up, what would you say to them? I would say soak yourself in the scriptures. We've got all these devices now. We've got phones. We've got MP3s, MP4s, all this stuff. Get scripture on it and let it soak into your brain. 
and read the word too. I mean, I know that a printed page in a book is kind of obsolete in a lot of people's lifestyle right now. I still read a paper Bible and I like it. I heard one guy say, this was kind of funny, he said, I'd like to get an app into my phone that makes the sound of pages turning when I go through. (laughs) So I don't know if anybody's come up with that yet. But anyway, that and expect this supernatural thing that you and I have been talking about, Larry, is not really the exceptional. It's the norm in the New Testament. You start in Matthew and go to Revelation, it's a very, very supernatural message. You were in darkness, you can be changed to light. You were sick, you can be healed. You have sin, you can be forgiven. And the power of sin in your life, I think realizing this, you know, it's one thing to have individual sins forgiven, and that's wonderful. It's wonderful to be, you know, Adam sinned, and so I'm a sinner and have that dealt with. But to have the very power of sin broken off of you, so you don't want to sin anymore, and then lead other people into that. The young person that can do that is going to have a ministry that is really a New Testament ministry. Doctor, thanks so much for taking the time. You said some great things here today. And, you know, I'm sure people are saying, wow, how do I get a hold of this guy? How do I find out more? How do people reach you? Our website is heartofthefather.net. You can find all of our things on there. We have a podcast that we do several times a week. You can find that on the website. And there's a lot of videos on there. If you want to see things about healing, you want to watch crusade meetings where people get healed, that's all on the website. We have ministry materials. I've written four books, and you can order those on the website as well. We have audio teaching materials on there on healing also, and that's where you get it. And you are available to speak in churches or conferences or things like that as well, correct? Yes, I am, most certainly. Well, thanks, Dr. Nichols. You've been a a breath of fresh air today for our podcast listeners, and I look forward to maybe in the future picking up another theme with you right here on the City Sites Podcast Network. Okay, well, thank you, Larry. It's been a blessing to be with you. Thank you for joining us today. Every Friday we bring you this podcast with interviews with people who are challenging the status quo of Christianity and challenging the cultural norms of our day. Please help us get the word out by sharing the link to this podcast with your online friends and family. Our website also contains other podcasters who are part of the City Sites network of communicators all sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. Our website is citysitesurbanmedia.com.